When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Tony Johnson coming to us from a galaxy far, far away. TJ, Thunderbirds, welcome in. Mate, there were no references. You're getting your uh, genres mixed up. The galaxy far, far away, that was Star Wars. Oh. The Thunderbirds is FAB, International Rescue. Oh, were they a rescue squad? Yeah, they, of course they were. Yeah, they, they, they saved people from collapsing buildings and bridges and, and well, people caught down mine shafts. And like most of those programs that era, usually relied on people's total stupidity to get themselves into those situations in the first place. <laughs> and that bloke sitting up in the Thunderbird 5 and out of space, yeah, that, that little tape recorder going that picked up every communication everywhere in the world. <laughs> and, 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 you know, yeah, it went, it, on it went from there. I'm actually, believe it or not, wearing a Thunderbird 3 T-shirt as we speak. Oh, my goodness. We've absolutely nailed it. I never knew the premise of what Thunderbirds was about, to be perfectly honest. Oh, dear. You really have missed out, haven't you? Clearly. Clearly. TJ, this Super Rugby season, I sort of identified with the listeners uh, over this week. Uh, The reason I'm excited is I feel like for the last five or six years, I've, I've gone into it going, who can beat the Crusaders? This year, it's who's going to win Super Rugby. I think it's a little bit more open this year. Yeah, and I, I guess that's simply because of who's departed the Crusaders. I saw this amazing stat um, about Razor Robertson um, that the Crusaders are sitting on 300 Super Rugby wins. Uh, and look, I'll give credit where it's due. Adam Julian, who's a, a freelance writer, I think he came up with this, that they're on the verge of 299 wins in Super Rugby since 1996. And Razor has been involved in... 156, over half of those, either as a player or a coach. Wow. So it gives you an idea of what, you know, so he, and he really does now sit alongside Robbie Deans as, as um, pro, and you know, the, the two most influential um, figures, I guess, in, in that franchise history in, in terms of coaching. But they've lost others as well. And, I mean, you put um, Sam Whitelock and Richie Maunga amongst the very greatest crusaders as well. So the fact that, you know, it, it's a new era. You've got a new coach. Um, a lot of teams have got new players or departing players or, or high-profile players who won't be there for one reason or another. But I think it's the departures from the Crusaders that people have got people sort of saying, well, plus plus the injuries, you know, like Jordan out. That's that's terrible news, really. Jordan out for the duration. Uh, Ethan Blackadder is probably a couple of weeks away. David Havili not quite ready. Poor old Lee Halfpenny, mm. um, you know, with that... that Petrol um, injury. That, that's a that's a real shame as well. So I think that's sort of got people thinking. Well, maybe we're going to have a change of scenery this year. I still think when you look at the team and the fact that they've got um, something like uh, well, Moody Franks and Crotty between them bring over 
200 test caps off the bench. Yeah. I think they've still got a bit there, haven't they? Yeah, I always like looking at the bench because I think that explains the depth of squads. When you get some bench, you think, oh, I don't know many of them, but um, they have a very good bench, probably better bench than the Chiefs, but they've got the luxury of Samasone Tokiaho on, on their bench. Um, Kotis Ratama, Josh Ioani, so it's a, it's a great match to kick us off with. Well, it is. You know, you couldn't hope for a better one. I mean, this was the final last year. I think, uh, you know, the Chiefs only dropped two games last year. One was sort of an inexplicable loss when they dropped their guard against the Reds for no particular reason and lost that. And then having beaten the Crusaders twice during um, the home and away, succumbed to them in the finals, only 25-20. It was a heck of a match, but... Yeah, here they are back again. I haven't had a chance to check how many survivors there are from the final, but you look across the matchups, and you know it, it all looks pretty good. Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing Quinn Tupaya back in action for the Chiefs. Mm. Missed the whole 2023 season uh, of Super Rugby because of what I think they would refer to across the Tasman as a dog act by... Um, Darcy Swain in that Bledisloe Cup match. So there was no side. But he teams up with Anton Leonard-Brown. And then when you look at what's outside them, Nanai Satoru, uh, Sean Stevenson, Liam Coombs, Fabling, uh, that, that, that's exciting. And, of course, Damien McKenzie uh, running the cutter at 10. So they've got such potent attacking backline. But, of course, you know to, to achieve that, um, their forwards have got to do a job. And... You know, Scott Barrett, who to my mind has been the best player in Super Rugby the last two years, leading the Crusaders pack. Um, you know, it's it, 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 it's going to be quite a battle, this, and I, I just think he could not hope for a better match-up to, to start the season. Yeah, and it, it's almost too tough to start tipping with any confidence because uh, pre-season is they use a 1,000 players and it's not there's no competition points up for grabs, but it's a real stake in the ground, I think, for which either, either side can, can win this opening matchup. I'll, I'll concentrate firstly on the New Zealand teams, um, TJ. The Western Force are hosting the Hurricanes. They're talking a big game over in Australia, uh, the Western Force. They've, they've acknowledged they're not very good on the road. They've acknowledged they're quite good at home. Uh, but the Hurricanes, I spoke to Jamie McIntosh on air yesterday. He's really enthused about how hard the Ford Pack in particular have worked in preparation for this season. Yeah, the, the you know, they've picked up a couple of interesting signings that the Western Force. I think it's Ben Fennell's going to turn out for them this year. Uh, uh, Aku Molly, I think he's over there as well. And, and, you know, they determined that obviously there's some financial issues going on in Australian rugby and I, I think it's inevitable that one of their teams is going to be chopped and I think they're pretty determined it's not going to be them. But, you know, you've got to make your statements on the field. So it's a tough one first up. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, how long since we saw uh, a Hurricanes team with no Savia in it. Mm. Um, obviously, Julian's gone to Moana Pacifica. Uh, Artie's taking a year off. Colsey's moved on as well. Um, but, you know, it's great to see Brad Shields back. Um, interesting choice at halfback, um, where, you know, I think everyone's looking at Cam Roygaard as probably primed to become the all-black number one. But I think he's coming off the bench, as, uh, if I remember rightly, um, from looking at the teams. Uh, but, of course, and the other one, too, is, you know, their coach, Clark Laidlaw, really coming from a, a sevens background. I think it's... They've taken a bit of a punt on him, and 
you know, he's got a bit to live up to. So, you know, a win away in a game like this uh, of any sort, I think that would constitute a, a pretty good start to the season. But I, I, I get the feeling that the force will be well primed and ready for them. Mm, I do too. Refereeing that match, Damon Murphy actually refereeing Chiefs Crusaders is Nick Berry, um, fresh from the World Cup. Don't know if he did some Six Nations games, but um... well, he did, and he was at the centre of a, a, a bit of controversy in the Scotland France game, and and uh, it was over the the try that he didn't award oh, because yes. he felt he'd seen the ball held up. They went to the TMO. There was a, a suggestion that the ball had ended up on the ground. The TMO sort of prevaricated a bit, and then just didn't feel like he had enough. I, I thought Nick. Nick Berry got that absolutely right from his perspective. Whether they got the right decision in the end, I don't know, but they followed the protocol. He, he's copped a fair bit. Um, Nick Berry, um, you know, he was a target of Russi Erasmus, one of his tirades, I think, during the uh, the Lions series. And then the, the Scots, have, I think, have made a formal complaint. I think he'll quite look forward to getting back into Super Rugby where, where he's going to have two teams playing with absolutely positive intent. Uh, Blues against the Fijian Drua. Oh, everyone's going to tune in for that one because I feel like they might run out of numbers on the scoreboard for this game. Well, I hope it's not just tuning in. I hope they get a good crowd. That's at Seminoff Stadium in Whangarei, and it's really awesome to see Whangarei getting a getting a game. I think they've you know they've put a, a lot of work into. Um, you know, keeping the game solid up north in recent years. You know, they've developed the stadium nicely. They've got some really good programs in place. And so it would be really awesome to see um, a, a, a big turnout for what will be, I'm sure, just an electrifying game. The Drua, I suppose the big challenge for them this year, having, you know, made it through the cup last year, uh, can they win away from home? They, they're going to be playing games in, in Fiji where they're going to be very hard to beat. I think their first home game uh, in Fiji is at Churchill Park, Lautoka, against the Crusaders in uh, round three. So we know how hard they're going to be there, uh, but can can they become a bit of a force uh, away from home as well? I think a lot of people will be hoping uh, that that is the case because that they bring something to this competition. Uh, thrilling rugby and... Uh, I just think the Blues have been in some some pretty useful form pre-season. Uh, you know, interested to see how Vern Cotter goes. Um, but I think he's, from what I can understand, he said, yep, we want structure and yes, we want, you know, certain patterns. But he's giving them a bit of license to play what's in front of them as well. So uh, that has the makings of a great game. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of people watching at home. But I, I also I just hope there'll be plenty of people watching there because it's, it, 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 those who go along, I think, will really enjoy what they're going to see. Oh, they will, because there'll be a big Fijian contingent there, which really adds to the atmosphere. But it's such a wonderful viewing ground, TJ, and it's it's well worth the drive up from Auckland Blues fans. Well, I, I remember a couple of times, I, Pete Montgomery and I have done it, you know, often, uh, well, a couple of times, I remember um, going up to watch tour games off the, I think the uh, 93 Lions might have kicked off their tour up there and PJ and I went up and you know it, it, it's it's a brilliant um, venue and it's got such a great history as well so yeah it, it, it's yeah Okada Park is you know, we used to call it mm. um, Seminoff Stadium yeah good place to watch a footy game it is a good place uh, Ben O'Keefe will have control of that match uh, the Highlanders against Moana Pacifica. Brendan Pickerel with the whistle there. Um, probably two teams that not many would have making the semi-finals, but 
really, really important points nonetheless. Yeah, and, and by the way, you know, you, you're mentioning the refs there. Um, actually, I uh, had a bit of a chat with Ben O'Keefe, some of the commentators, you know, just the other day, just catching up with, with, with what's going on. And as always, you know, referees in this part of the world, they're going to give the players a chance to play, mm. which, which is great. One of the uh, initiatives that they've taken is they're going to, um, they're basically going to rub out the, the, DuPont, the, the DuPont rule or DuPont law, you know, the one where when a player kicks the ball downfield, uh, players were allowed to loiter with intent down the field and wait for the receiving player to run five metres, and then that, that put them on side, and they were allowed to tackle them. Uh, and it resulted in the most tedious, <laughs> soporific kicking duels, where they just booted the ball back at each other 14, 15 times. Uh, we've seen it in the Six Nations. We're not going to have that in Super Rugby, that the only player that can now put a, a chasing player on site is the kicker. So no one's allowed to advance on the ball until the guy who's kicked it has run past them. And uh, it's not necessarily a case of players in front of the kicker having to retire, but it'll be in their best interest if they do. And hopefully um, that, that's going to you know, provide some uh, a more positive spectacle. Highlanders, I've had a pretty good pre-season. Um, Very and good. They've picked up a couple of, yeah, they've picked up a couple of good signings as well. Jacob Rotumaitavuki-Nitkins has, has um, gone looking for more starting opportunities, I guess. And they've also... It's a bit sad in a way. It's great for the Highlanders faithful uh, who've got such an amazing, uh, I guess, um, heritage of, of Fijian wingers that they've got uh, old Jimmy Tavatavanawai's gone down there as well. And it's, it's sad for Moana Pacifica, but it's great for the Highlanders faithful. And, of course, uh, Jamie Joseph having there, having him there just sort of behind the scenes or just standing over there in the corner uh, in a supporting role to Clark Dermody, that's not going to do them any harm at all. And I'd expect them to start the season on a on a winning note against a team that I, I, there's there's some uncertainty over what's going to happen in, in, over the next couple of years with Moana Pacifica. They, they need a good season. There's been all sorts of rumours about them relocating, uh, possibly even to Melbourne or what. This is a big year for them. Yeah, um, I my feeling about Moana Pacifica is it sort of feels like year one all over again with so many new players, new coaching staff and all that sort of thing. Before we leave that game, uh, Reese Patchell for the Highlanders. I, I've long been a fan of uh, like an international player per team or even two. Highlanders have done it a few times. Um, are you okay? Are you on board with, with having someone like Reese Patchell? Yeah, once upon a time I probably wasn't. Um, but I, I think you know, there's nothing wrong with it. It's, I'm very disappointed that we're not going to see uh, Lee Halfpenny. Uh, certainly, not not in the immediate future, anyway. I, I'm not sure whether there's any prospect of him playing uh, right at the end of the competition. It's a shame, really, because he's a quality international player. James Haskell, in, in many ways, uh, certainly gave something to the Highlanders when he was there, on and off the field. I think. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I just think it at a time when quality, uh, experienced playmakers are in short supply because they're in such demand overseas, it's quite, quite good. I, I think I'm sure Patchell will add, um, bring something um, to the mix. And who knows? You know, they're never going to roll over for anyone, the Highlanders. But you know, they're, they're, I think they're a team that you, you won't want to drop your guard against either. Um, no one's picking them. They're not. You know, fashionable. They're not mentioned. You know, when everyone's making their picks for the season, but 
you know, woe betide anyone who goes into a game against the Highlanders thinking that it's won. Mm, bang on. A <clears throat> uh, couple of derbies over in Australia. We know what the Brumbies bring. They, they haven't changed much over the years. But the Melbourne Rebels, I think it can go one of two ways for them, TJ. I think it could be quite a cohesive thing with what's going on behind the scenes. I can see the captain, Rob Leota, bringing these boys together and saying, let's just go out and destroy them on the rugby field, show them we belong. It could be a plus for them, the backroom office troubles. Yeah, well, everyone's picking the Brumbies to be the best team in Australia. Um, but Nick White's gone west, hasn't he? He's yep. one of the players that have been picked up by the force. And, and, I mean, he's one of those guys, I guess the fans sort of almost love to hate, um, but you'd miss him if he wasn't there sort of thing. Um, obviously, they've got, they've got some depth there. And, 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 you know, that's why I guess he's made the decision, plus the fact that there's probably, you know, nice little extra amount in his pay packet every fortnight um, <laughs> going west. But I still think the, the the Brumbies are going to be the team to be. Rebels always seem to be able to put together a fairly strong roster. Um, but I don't know. They just don't seem to have got the results to go with it. But I think this this, this game will tell us a, a, a bit about what uh, we can expect. Um, but I, I, I'm with those who, who see the, the Brumbies as you know the, the big threat to, to come out of Australia. Of course, the other game there is, uh, again, I, I think this is a smart way to start the season. Uh, Reds against Waratahs, you know, the old rivalry. Uh, I'm not sure what sort of crowds they're going to get, but they, they've got a huge challenge on their hands in Australia to just to raise the profile of the game. I think, you know, chairman and CEO spouting off in the media is only going to earn you so much. Um, you know, they've got to produce some, some good footy and some successful footy. Uh, for the fu- you know, for the sake of the future of this competition, I was listening to Timmy Hoare, and he's quite buoyant about the Reds. He's he's expecting them to make a semi final, and, and they have got. I know it's no surprise. It's it's no surprise. Uh, if you if you snapped them if you snapped them in half like a bit of that sort of you know the old candy, you'd see you know. Queensland, you'd, you'd, you'd see the words there, you know. <laughs> yeah, he tr- he tried to, to quantify it with another year for Tate, Tate McDermott. They've got Alex Hodgman over there, which will bring a bit of experience and probably an area they needed shoring up. I've always been a big fan of Harry Wilson. I think he's a fantastic super rugby player. And Jordan Pattaya as well is, is in there. They, they look a reasonable team. Interesting uh, change of coach. And, you know, we all love Brad Thorne, but I, I, I guess it was only ever going to end one way um, and he's gone and Les Kiss has stepped into the job he's mm. uh, such an interesting story Les Kiss because league fans will remember him as being a well, quite diminutive winger for the North Sydney Bears Yeah, in fact he might even go back to the days of Mark Graham I don't know whether he goes back quite that far but he played state of origin and, and he's, he went off to uh, Ireland as a, a defence coach and he was part of the island set up for quite a long period of time, and he's just slowly graduated into a head coaching role, and they've gone to him. And so, and I tell you, he's a great bloke, Les Kiss. I've had the pleasure of talking to him on a number of occasions, and so I really do wish him well with the Reds. The problem I think that they've got over there is I'm just not sure they're as organised behind the scenes as an, you know, as an entity like that should be. I've just got that feeling over the last two or three years. It's, it's been a bit of a shambles, and so they've got to get you know the, the back office and the front office sorted out as well. But um, 
again, um, there's just there's a lot at stake for the Australian teams this year. They need a good showing, otherwise. You know, you're just going to bring more and more doubts over the state of Australian rugby. Talking to Tony Johnson from Sky Sport. Finally, TJ, <clears throat> with the Super Rugby right upon us, it is the form guide for All Blacks. And, of course, we have a new All Black coach. Who can make a mark that maybe hasn't so far? And now they've got this open runway to say, pick me. Well, I mean, I'm... The game that I'm looking at tomorrow night, the game that I'm calling tomorrow night, I'm straight away going to be looking at um, some of the, the loose forwards. I mean, you mentioned it just before, Cullen Grace. He made one test cap start, I think, against Australia. What was that, two years ago now? He's had a lot of injuries. He's always looked to me to be a player who could be international quality. Dominic Gardner is the other one. I think right from the time he burst onto the scene, I just thought he had the total game that, that could make him an all-black. So... You're looking for guys like that, but there's a vacancy. You know, there's uncertainty over lock when you've, you've had probably the, uh, the best locking combination that we've ever had and one of the greatest that ever played. And, I mean, I think you put White Lock and Retallick alongside Matfield and Borta and some of those, mm. you know, very elite um, locking combinations of all time. So that there's Scott Barrett obviously is primed. I mean, he becomes New Zealand's number one lock, but who's he going to go in with? And I, I just think... There's a chance, I mean, Josh Lord is not going to be right for the start of the season. Um, he's one of them. Um, Manaki Selby Ricketts, a guy who, who, to me, has always looked like he's got the raw materials, the raw ingredients to become an international lot. It hasn't quite happened, but it still could. And, and I think the feeling I've got just talking to some of his coaches that it's really up to him now if he wants to grasp that opportunity. Um, you know, so, so I think Locke, is a, is a is a big one. Um, I think we've still managed, despite the number of players that have gone, um, you know, keep a reasonable uh, front row lineup. And then, of course, you know, you're looking at nine ten, aren't you? Because uh, we, we've lost Aaron Smith, one of our greatest ever halfbacks. He, he's finally called time. Uh, and and Richie Moonga, uh, Bowden Barrett's not around at the moment, so there's an opportunity there for someone. You know, Damien McKenzie obviously is a name that. That, that jumps into all conversations about it. You know, can he provide, as well as the brilliance, that the, just the control and the leadership that you need from that team? I'm going to be interested to see how um, Stephen Petalfetta goes mm. at the Blues. Um, but he hasn't got a, particularly with Paddy Tui Pelotu missing, there's, you know, maybe not the absolute strongest type five in the competition. They're going to have to play really well, but if they can create him a, a, a platform, you know, I, I think he's such a gifted player. I'm going to be really interested to see how he goes um, because, to me, he's a guy who you know, can take the next step for sure. Absolutely brilliant, TJ. I'm so pleased uh, Thursdays on Rugby is sorted for us now every, every week. Can't wait to continue it on. Thanks heaps for your time, as always. All right, mate. Okay. Just, mate, just before I go, mm. can I just make mention of the fact that an old colleague of mine um, and a, a, I know you know um, Auckland rugby fans from a bygone era might will remember Rocky Patterson. Yes, uh, Rocky played over ninety games for Auckland, and then he became a commentator on radio. And I was very fortunate; I, I took over as the radio commentator from him, and he he was just absolutely fantastic the way he you know handed over the reins. Um, he was a, a colleague of mine, and he was a friend of mine. Rocky passed away this week at the age of eighty-one. Oh, that's very sad news. I didn't know that one, yeah. TJ, so thank you for mentioning yeah. that. Okay.
Good man. Tony Johnson there. Yeah, Rocky Patterson. Uh, wonderful man. I think he might have been behind the All Blacks. Oh, what are they called? Uh, the Rugby Foundation that look after people with um, back injuries. Anyway, sad news. All right, we shall take a break. We'll come back shortly.